0: Welcome to NRL.com's preview podcast for round five of the Telstra Premiership. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined by Alicia Newton. And for the first time this year, Queensland guru, Todd Ballin. Thank you both for being here. Thank
1: you. Thanks, CK. Hello, Todd.
0: Great. Let's dive straight into it. It kicks off on a Thursday night at Stadium Australia, the Bunnies and the Broncos. Uh, Todd, I'll start with you. I think you are out at um, the Broncos today. How are they uh, travelling ahead of this one?
2: Yeah, Kevin Walters is... Uh, well, it's interesting for Kevin. This is his 1st matchup with Wayne Bennett, the, the the coach who took him to premierships as a player and also guided him in the formative years as, of his coaching career. And uh, you can see that it, Kevin's a little bit nervous, I think. He, he's never had to yeah. sit in the opposing box to, uh, to Big Wayne and I, I think he's a bit wary of what the, the master coach might have up his sleeve tomorrow night. So I, I think Kevin... Uh, and this is his first real test. Five games into a coaching career versus someone who's coached for over 700. I, I think Kevy's uh, could be in for a bit of a shock tomorrow night.
0: Obviously been a, um, a bit of an up and down start to his NRL coaching career, the morale boosting win over the Bulldogs, but pretty tough going. Otherwise seems uh, from down here, a little bit of ongoing indecision about what their best sort of playmaking combination is plenty of press around, you know, whether Anthony Milford's going to remain at the club, whether, you know, Dearden is going to remain at the club and whether he or Brady Croft is the best number seven. Um, are you seeing a lot of sort of confusion up there or do they seem pretty stable within the group?
2: Kevy says they're stable, but the strange thing is, is that he dropped Croft after a win. So, I mean, out of all the games where the, the halves probably struggled, he dropped him after they beat Canterbury 24-0 and brings Dearden in for his first game against the Melbourne Storm, which is a bit like, you know, you know, putting a kid up against grown men sometimes because the Storm just ran right and, and it made it really difficult for him. And now he has to back up and play against South Sydney. So, I don't know what he's trying to achieve with Dearden by holding him back and then making him play against the Storm, South Sydney, and then possibly next week against Penrith. It's like he's setting him up to fail.
0: Range one, um, Alicia. What are your what's your read on the um, on the bunnies? Uh, they're very, very, very short-priced favourites for this one. Have uh, looked pretty close to unstoppable since um, sort of the first half of, of round one against the Storm.
1: Yeah, and particularly you know against the Bulldogs, Bulldogs sort of showed that great improvement in that first half. They sort of went with South for a bit, but you can see that maturity in South's game that they just sort of you know weathered the storm early and then were able to run away with it. I think that's that's where you know if, if the Broncos come out firing, they'll they'll sort of look to do similar. But you know, obviously, what a great luxury to have you know Benji Marshall coming in for Cody Walker, who sort of went um, you know across that red line last week and got suspended. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm expecting them to win comfortably and sort of just roll on with with what they're doing. Um, yeah, you know, Jacob Post comes in as well. Um, so yeah, they've got great depth and and I can't see it going any other way in this one.
0: Yeah, they didn't really seem to get out of second gear or didn't even need to uh, against the Bulldogs on Good Friday, 38-0 winners. I'm tipping something, maybe not to that, quite to that margin, but something similar against the um, the the Broncos. Todd, how do you see this one panning out?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm much the same. I see the Rabbitohs winning this and, and winning it quite well. Um, there's, they're very lucky, the, the Broncos, that Cody Walker is out because they've had a lot of issues with that right-side defence, the Broncos, and when you've got young players like Did and Ricky and Tessie Newey forming a right edge, I mean, Latrell Mitchell's going to have a field day down there and you know, 38 might be the halftime score the way some of the Broncos' defence has gone at times. So if they're not improved, ooh, look out.
0: Um, yeah, it could be a one-sided one. The first Friday game, the Warriors um, hosting the Seagulls on the Central Coast. Uh, Alicia, Warriors um, took it to the Roosters early, but um, ended up on the wrong side of a, a pretty one-sided scoreline. Um, currently got Sean O'Sullivan fitting, filling in for Chanel Harris-Tavita. They've lost Adin Blake for six to eight weeks. Um, also lost Bunty R4 for a uh, one-week suspension. So a little bit skinny in the pack, but up against a, a Manly team that... Um, just were were awful in the first 20, particularly against Penrith last week.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty good matchup in in that regard. I think the Warriors, their two tries as well, come off sort of roosters errors or off kicks. So it's pretty sloppy. Their attack um, is sort of taking its time with O'Sullivan coming in. Whereas obviously under um, Harris-Tavita, it was a little bit different for them. But um, yeah, I mean, where do you sort of start with Manly and, and, and finish with them? I think the Warriors... Their outside backs are still where they're, they're making a lot of metres and getting themselves out of yardage, which is working because their forward pack as well um, is sort of showing signs. Um, and, and there is a bit of depth. Yacht you know, Kane Evans coming in as well um, after playing reserve grade for Newcastle uh, yeah. last week, <laughs> which was quite strange seeing him in red and blue. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty even contest. Like I'm expecting Manly to bounce back. In this, and just put in a, a better, obviously better performance than what they have the opening month. But um, yeah, I think the Warriors' injuries and they just a little look a little bit shaky at this point of the season.
0: Probably uh, both clubs are going to be missing Adam Fanua Blake this week, and Manly have struggled since he he left, and, and Warriors are going to be missing him after he got injured last week. Todd, how do you see this one panning out? Manly, obviously one of those the three teams below Brisbane that have just had a, a, an awful start to to the season.
2: I've been really happy with what the Warriors have done this year defensively. I mean, they've been under quite a bit of adversity, as we all know, with you know living away from home, and the defense has held always held strong. The same can't be said against Man- about Manly. They've they've been quite weak at times, and you can see the frustration growing in that group when you look at the way the likes of Daly Cherry-Evans and and Trebojevic and how they're reacting to what is going on around them. It doesn't look like a happy camp at Manly. Now this is a good chance to to break the duck, to get moving for the season. Um, it doesn't get much better than this for them. You know, the Warriors are a team riddled by injury at the moment. Um, I, I do think that Manly will be have a chance, but the Warriors seem to have that grit and determination that's clearly missing at, at Manly at the moment. I
0: oh, was at the um, the Panthers-Manly game out at Lotto Land last week, and Manly sort of put Kieran Foran up as the, the player to come out and, and take the heat and speak to the media and you know, he spoke very well, he said the right things and, um, I mean, it's been the same with with probably all the clubs that are struggling, that the players keep, you know, saying you know, we know what we need to do and we're just not doing it, but it was telling for me that three or four times in the one interview, four and mentioned you know, it's just tough when you're down on confidence to, to get that back and, you know, you, you when you're down on confidence, you need to start well and we didn't start well and there's something else being down on confidence and just mentioned multiple times about the club being down on confidence I, I wonder how much that almost becomes a, a self-perpetuating Sort of situation.
2: Absolutely. I think the only way to get confidence is to play well. But as you said, you, you, you're not going to start playing well unless you you put some points on the board or you or you do a good defensive set. Um, this is where mainly are, are sort of coming undone, is that they're not sticking to the grind. You know, Des Hasler is the, the, the biggest fan of just sticking in the grind getting to the end of your sets, completing your kicks. And if they're not able to do that, if they're putting themselves under pressure as they have been all year, they're never going to get that confidence back. And when you've got senior players saying it, they're the ones who need to lead by example. They're the ones who need to set that standard. And so it'll be interesting to see how they start the game this week. I don't think Tom Dvorojevic will be raced back into play that you cannot take a risk with someone who's had such a long run of injuries. It's too early in the season to gamble on fitness. So I think it's got to come from within. It's got to start with, you know, Kieran Foran, Daly Cherry Evans, Jake Dvojevic and those guys who've been there for a while, they've got to set the standard and it's got to start on, on Friday night.
1: Do we, do we think, though, that, that Tom Dvojevic is the answer? Like, for me, he's going to come back with a mountain of pressure. You know, if they lose, drop this game and he's possibly back next week, like that's, that's huge for him to even take that all on his shoulders. I just, I think their problems lie far deeper than, you know, just trying to get Tommy Turbo back. Um, mm. I look at their forward pack, for example, Martin Tepau and, and Jake Trojevic, like the rest of those guys are very much, they haven't really been used by Desi for long periods in games, like in the past couple of years. So whether that now plays a part, you know, in them trying to come out and put in 80-minute you know, performances, like it's just not happening for them. I think Josh Alloway, like I expect a little bit more from him, um, but he's just sort of struggling there on the bench. So, um, yeah, I think that problem is just lie mm. far deeper than then what's uh,
0: Tommy Turbo? Well, the, the best period in what was a pretty poor game against Penrith came midway through the first half once the bench came on. And Sean Kepi with a few big charges, Josh, Josh Heller with a few big charges, and and Cade Cast with a bit of spark out of dummy half. They actually won that period of the game, that sort of last 20 minutes of the, the first half, 6-0. That's when they scored their their only try, and that's the only period they had any ascendancy. It's, it's probably more the starters for me. And to your point on... Tommy Turbo I mean no he's not going to turn them into a a top four team overnight but I think he'll at least address a few of the things that are going wrong at the back they've you know I kind of feel for for Dylan Walker he's a a center by trade he's only played a couple of games at fullback it's clearly not his position he's been caught out of position multiple times I don't see a a lack of effort but I do see a a lack of just you know top tier understanding of, of the position which is very much a specialist spot in the NRL these days so I think Turbo will tidy up a bit of that and, you know, they'll probably avoid a few tries from kicks they've been conceding. But in terms of what happened against Penrith, you don't put Tom which in that team and they, they suddenly beat, you know, the, the number one side um, in the competition. Are we are we all leaning towards the Warriors in this one? Yep.
2: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll go the Warriors.
0: Three tips for the Warriors. Second Friday night game, one of the um, you know the the blockbusters we've had so far this season. Two of the uh, the top tier teams, Panthers hosting the Raiders. Um, Panthers have just pretty much picked up um, what they did all last year through the, the regular season and, and shutting teams out and, and dominating possession. Um, Canberra though are very impressive. Haven't um, you know haven't lost the the arm wrestle at all. Um, Todd, what are you expecting from this one?
2: Well, this is the game of the round, and particularly after last week where we saw all those blowout scores, this is the game we all want to see as rugby league fans. You've got the Penrith Panthers who have just been phenomenal to start the year. But Canberra have been really impressive with what they've done, particularly last week against the Titans. Their defence was just out of this world. They managed to grind their way and get the victory no matter what happens. They were unlucky when they ran out of troops against the Warriors the week before, but I think Ricky Stewart will have them ready for, for a big performance this week. This is a chance for them to make a statement. And to be honest, I, I think I'd give them a good chance against the Panthers. I think that, you know, they could be right for the picking.
0: Alicia, you've been out at uh, Panthers this week. I assume they're all just happy and chipper and enjoying each other's company like they are every week.
1: Yep. I was uh, Sydney in my car and Brian To'o and Jerome Luai drove past music blaring it's yeah you wouldn't even predict that they were footballers i tell you but um but yeah i mean confidence is sky high just between the two teams though they, they've had some cracker battles in the past you know between mm. the two clubs and a bit like so this week they're celebrating 30 years um since the 1991 grand final um and you know there's a lot of similarities between like the teams in terms of respect like I think there is a bit of a mutual respect there between the Panthers and Raiders um obviously back in 30 years ago and then to to today um and yeah I I think that I think that we're in for a game that you know it's it's 50-50 at this point but definitely through the forward pack I think that's where the game will be won or lost there
0: Plenty of good clashes in this one. You know, Nathan Cleary up against England International, George Williams, the, the respective packs here, you know, Papali'i and, um, you know, Tarpany, these guys up against Fisher-Harris and Isaiah Yeo and then uh, plenty of spark in the, the backs as well. Um, Todd, you you said you, you don't mind Canberra in this one. How do you sort of see it panning out?
2: Well, I think Canberra have shown a, a defensive resolve that, you know, perhaps hadn't been there or, or been their one missing ingredient for the last couple of years you know, they've got a lot of experience now in big games, so they haven't had that for a while, and I think you know, looking at what you know, someone like Charles Nickel clockstar did last week, he was just everywhere, he got his hand there to save those tries at the last minute, um, and I know this is something that Penrith have been doing for, for a good 12 months now, but um, I think there's a, a new edge to this Raiders side, I, I like what they're doing um, and I, I, I think that, you know, come Friday night they're not expected to win, and that's that feeds straight into Ricky Stewart's plan. That's that's what he loves to do. He loves to get his teams up for, for games that they shouldn't win. Uh, um, and this will be a big test for, for Ivan Cleary, and particularly Nathan Cleary, to to get the job done because it's probably their first real test since that Storm game a couple of weeks ago. So, um, you know, I think Papa Lee, he, he's he's playing good football. Sutton's playing great football. These guys are, are coming good at the right or at this time of the year. That's where they'll be there at the end of the year. That's important, but. Right now, five weeks in, I'm tipping a Raiders upset.
0: Yeah, they um, as impressive as they were beating a Storm without Cleary, their other three wins were the Cowboys, the Bulldogs and the Sea Eagles. They've had a, a pretty soft run other than that Storm game. Uh, Alicia, are you sticking with the favourites or are you tipping an upset?
1: Yeah, I've gone with the Panthers, but a bit a bit like the Raiders in that, you know, they probably, this is their biggest test of the year as well, right, against this Panthers mm. outfit. I'm keen to see how Penrith sort of move the Raiders around with their foreback obviously a much bigger side and Penrith's tempo is just out of this world the way that they play it's almost like touch footy so I'm keen to see them really be tested um by this Panthers outfit but yeah I'm leaning towards the home side should be a packed house as well I think only 3,000 tickets are um available so um yeah it should be great great night out there
0: yeah, I'm, uh, I'm leaning towards the uh, the visitors in a bit of an upset as well, but should be a, a cracking contest. Saturday afternoon, footy kicks off up at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. Uh, Todd, the Titans actually start pretty short. Price favourites against the Knights in this one. Titans have shown a lot of positive signs, I thought, so far this year. And the Knights probably um, coming in a little bit vulnerable with a, a few injuries.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The Titans are... Well, deserved favourites because of how they have played this year and the, and the points they are capable of scoring. Newcastle, as we know, they're just decimated made by injury right now. No Mitchell Pearce. Um, you know, there's a few other guys who are in doubt, like David Klemmer. um, You know, Jacob Saifidi is out suspended. Um, so while Caelan Ponger comes back, it, you'd certainly favour the Titans. Um, after the weeks we've had up here, it's just good to get football back in Queensland. You know, the Titans had to... Give their home game away last week and go back to Sydney with uh, the COVID crisis up here. Um, so I know they're very keen to to put on a show for their fans. Um, Jamal Fogarty will be cleared to play. We expect him to to overcome that corked thigh from the last week. Um, and David Fafida is you know from all reports you know doing great at the moment, and they're very happy with what he is doing. He might not always win you the game, but his output is certainly pleasing the Titans coaching staff at the moment.
0: Alicia, talk us through what's happening with with Newcastle. Obviously, um, you know Tex Hoy off in the first half with a hamstring injury. He's not playing this week. Kurt Mann that nasty uh, head knock. Uh, despite both of those, Blake Green still sitting on the bench uh, until partway through the, the second half, and his first game back from an ACL injury. Um, Callum Ponga named to return this week. Are all these blokes okay to play? And, and how do you sort of see Newcastle overcoming this injury toll and and sort of lifting against the Titans?
1: We have a look at their four-pack. Their starting four-pack's pretty pretty good, but just the rest of it is an absolute mess. Um, look, it's going to be a really tough, tough ask, even with Caelan Palmer coming back, I think. Um, you know, you talk about those guys. The Mitchell-Pierce one is just, you know, that that's the biggest one to cop of all players in that team. You know, aside from from Caelan, you, you don't want Mitchell-Pierce to go down, so... Um, it's going to be an almighty effort and, um, you know, they haven't beaten the Titans up there. I was actually hoping that the little soft spot of the Knights in me was hoping that um, that the game got moves a bit like the Raiders because up there that, that record is pretty, pretty rough. They haven't won there for a couple of years. So, um, yeah, it's a really big, big, big tough ask. But, um, you know, Kurt Mann having that week off, hopefully they get him back um, in, in round six. Um, And then you've got, you're looking at, as far as, you know, Bradman Best, Edric Lee, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, they're sort of over the next month or two. So, sorry, next couple of weeks or two. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough time at this point. But I think if the Knights can just sort of get over the next couple of weeks, then they should get some more troops back soon.
0: Well, other than Pierce, I think everyone else is, is pretty short term um, or, or whatever, he's been quite impressive um, and ever-present sort of force on that, that left edge, a real go-to, he's obviously still very young but he looks like he's a leader around the group and we haven't really spoken yet about Tino Fasor Malawi, I thought he was almost the best player on the field um, against Canberra despite the, the loss he was absolutely monumental um, in a game where they obviously, as you touched on, lost players to injury um, that, that pack's really coming together and it's that's helped them, you know, hugely so far this year.
2: Yeah, I think Big Tino has been the big surprise for the Titans fans. I mean, I I know the the Titans bought him for a reason, but I don't think fans expected to see someone so young crank out 70-odd minutes in a big game of football, 200-plus metres. And he's doing those sort of efforts week in, week out. Like, the consistency in his performance has been what's been most impressive. Um, But not only that, he is a... um, He's a future captain of that club. The, the way he speaks and the way he handles the media, um, he's the type of person that they can build a forward pack around. Now, when you've got him in the middle, starting with Jared Wallace and Tyrone Peachy, it, it's not the biggest middle pack you've got there. But then they bring on Mo Fodawaka, um, you know Sam Lasoni, um, these sort of guys who provide a good impact off the bench, a lot of strike forward through the middle, good offloading. Um, if you look at the Titans, a lot of their points are coming from the offloads and creativity of their middlemen of David Fafita. Their halves, and this is astounding, four weeks in, no half for the Titans has a try assist to their name. Now, mm. when you think they're the ones who are supposed to create everything and do everything, but for the Titans, their points are coming off the back of their forwards. It's coming off AJ Brimson, you know, Phil Sammy, Tyrone Peachy. These guys are the ones who were who are creating a bit. The half is just telling them where to run. And the, the strike for the Titans is coming from Fafida and these guys who are able to break a line and, and do it, you know, just by their size and pace and their ability to, to get them a, an arm free. Mm. All
0: right. Give us a tip. you on the
2: Titans? Yeah, I'm on the Titans. I think the Titans should do well um, with the, the injuries at Newcastle.
1: Alicia? Yeah, I'm on the Titans as well, and I fear that it will be a long night for <laughs>
0: I'll tip the uh, I'll tip the Titans as well. The second Saturday game, um, oh boy, this one's one sided on paper. Alicia, the uh, the Storm and the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs are at home, but I don't know if that's going to count for much. Uh, Stadium Australia, five thirty on a Saturday afternoon. Storm coming off a huge win against the Broncos. Bulldogs held scoreless for the past three weeks running. Um, it's uh, it's a bit of a struggle for them at the moment.
1: The only way is up, CK. That's my <laughs> philosophy. And having a look at the ins, you got Dylan Watini's eyes out. Dag Garillo, Josh Jackson, Luke Thompson. Like, there's some pretty handy names to come back. Chris Smith, Brendan Wakem's there as well. Um, yeah, the only way is up. I just hope they cross the line this week more than anything. Um, I'd hate to see them go to four, you know. Not, I'm not scoring a try. So um, you just want to see them put in that same effort that we that we sort of saw last week against South in the opening 40 minutes. And um, you know, I suppose you never know, but I can't see it going any other, other way. I like Luke Thompson, though, coming back up front. He's going to add a bit with with um, Jack Hetherington there and um, Dylan Napa goes back to the bench.
0: Todd, Harry Grant uh, named in the reserves for this one. I don't know if we're really expecting to see him this week, but there's been so much talk around sort of the post-Cameron Smith era and the Storm struggling a little bit in those big moments with their their game management in back-to-back losses to the, the Eels and Panthers. But, um, you know, when they've had a, a bit of sort of momentum going their way, the first half against South back in round one and then um, the, the Ryan Pappenhausen show last week against the Broncos. They've been a, a formidable outfit once again.
2: Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how Craig Bellamy balances out the team with Harry Grant and whether he gets to go straight back to number nine when he comes back and Brandon Smith goes back to the bench. I know Brandon's had some good games, but also some of his passing hasn't been up to up to the storm standard, I would say, yeah. and, and certainly that is one area where Harry Grant probably doesn't have that issue with his game. He's, he's quite sharp out dummy half. His service is good. Um, and Brandon does provide an impact off the bench, which Harry probably, you know, while he did it great at origin level, um, you wouldn't want him doing that every week as someone who's just an out and out hooker. So, um, how Craig Bellamy balances that will be interesting. Whether he has to do it this week, who knows? We, we don't know for sure if Harry's going to play against the Bulldogs. Um, it might be a good way to ease him back into it because um, I don't expect the Bulldogs to, to come close to the storm this week. And and I fear, as you guys were talking about before, that it could be four weeks in a row where they don't cross the strike.
0: Yeah, I think safe to say we're all tipping the, the storm by a wide margin in this one. Um, Saturday evening, footy the Roosters up against the Sharks. Uh, Alicia, the Roosters, their first game um, since the injuries to Lachlan Lamb and Luke Kiry. went okay. They um, started a little bit slow against the Warriors, but came home with a wet sail. Um, Brett Morris, the the wily old veteran, nine tries in four games now, just absolutely unstoppable. And then um, the usual su- uh, suspects, Crichton, Tedesco, these sort of guys, um, you know, adding some finesse to the, to the game.
1: Yeah, and I thought Victor Radley was a little bit patchy there with, with some passes, but him coming back into that middle, they their attack straight away oh. sort of just a, looked a bit better than was it, what it has in the past. Um, even with Luke Keery, Um even with Luke out and Sam Walker coming in, I thought his debut was quite quite solid. Um, defensively, I thought that's where they obviously beat the Warriors, but I'm also just the Warriors' tries, as I mentioned earlier, um, pretty much came off, you know, a couple of kicks and just ricochets and that sort of thing. So um, the fundamentals for the Roosters is still there. Like, it, they're still going to be a very tough team to beat, and they showed that on, the, uh, on Sunday night. Um, despite sort of trailing early, they were able to claw their way back and... Um, yeah, Walker was quite impressive. I don't know what you guys thought about him, but um, he, he showed, you know, chimed in when he needed to set up a couple of tries. And um, yeah, I thought, I thought uh, you know, Victor there as well, helping him around around that ball playing um, also made a big difference.
0: What do you th- make of that um, debut, Todd? Obviously the, the son of uh, Ben Walker, he's had big reps on him from his, you know, probably his, his mid-teens. The Roosters invested in him pretty early on. Uh, all, all the questions were around, you know, he's you know, about 78 kilos ringing wet and how's he going to handle the, the big boys? But I thought he handled it absolutely fine.
2: Yeah, he, he's certainly the one that got away for the Queensland club. So, you know, he grew up under their noses and I know he was with the Broncos for a little while. And the second the Roosters came knocking, he he jumped at the opportunity to move to Sydney and, and be under Trent Robinson and learn from Cooper Cronk. And um, he's going to be a, a star of the future. I I know he's he's father and, and certainly his uncles speak highly of what he can do. They think he's going to be a better player than, than all of them ever were. So we're talking future origin star there. And if they can keep him in the right system, working with the right people, his game will develop very well. Um, and certainly a, a hard combination with Sam Walker and Luke Keary is one that can probably get the Roosters back to, back to the top four. Um, you know, certainly a huge loss for them today with Jake Friend, um, looking like retirement after repeated concussions. And, and we wish Jake all the best. He's been a, a great servant for the club and someone who's persevered through through many injuries and, and, and done great things at the Roosters. Um, but life goes on and and, and they've got a, a big game this week against, against Cronulla. And a Cronulla side who I think are defying what people thought they could do this year. Um, their coach is one of the guys who's probably under the most pressure. And yet I think they've been, one of the best performed teams and certainly a consistent team over the first month of the season
0: yeah I have to agree with you on Cronulla I mean bearing in mind that they're missing Sean Johnson we've seen um, you know Will Kennedy having a a real breakout season Chad uh, Townsend and Matt Morland in the halves getting the, the job done. Alicia 48 points to 10, I think it was against the, the Cowboys last week. They've um, you know, defended stoutly having lost four players to injury uh, in the first half against Parramatta a week before and certainly haven't disgraced themselves at any point this year. So they'll provide a um a stiff competition for the, the Roosters.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and I think you know Cronulla in the past, maybe the past five years or so, they've they've struggled early on. You know, usually they're dropping three of their first four matches, and they sort of play catch up. Whereas, you know, they've won a couple to start the season, and and suddenly, you know, if they get a few more troops back, as you mentioned, Sean Johnson, like they, you know, they'll be there. They could be thereabouts at the end of the season. Um, I think just on the Sharks, I think they're a bit more experienced than the Warriors forward pack, and we'll probably see a bit more traffic thrown at Walker this week defensively. He wasn't really. I didn't think he was tested at all last week. Um, in that sort of area, um, but yeah, I just have a look at Wade Graham on the edge there. You'd think that he'd get throw a bit more traffic at um at Walker, um, but yeah, they're they're just defying you know defying what many people thought. I think just most people sort of wrote wrote the Cronulla off, and um, you know they're sort of just flying under the radar a little bit. Um, but we know that they've got the players, they've got the experience, um, and and these young guys that sort of have come through the the Sharks system are starting to blossom. Um, you know, mainly under John Morris
0: too. Mm. So we're all leaning towards the Roosters, but not necessarily by a, uh, a big margin.
1: Yeah, I've gone yeah.
0: the
2: Roosters. Yeah, I'll go the Roosters, but yeah, I think it'll be one of those games this weekend which comes down to the final five minutes and, and you know, Tedesco to score a late try to win it. There you go
0: stuff um Todd the the Cowboys head to Leichhardt Oval on Sunday afternoon it's not been their happiest hunting ground over the years as we just discussed a a torrid time for them against the Sharks uh last week Michael Morgan we're not sure if we're going to see him on a a footy field again but Jason Tamalolo at least is back um for them this week can you can you find any positives for, for the Cowboys
2: uh well it's hard to find positives when you keep conceding 40 points every week um I suppose Tuilolo being back is a, is a huge in for them, um, but really he's not going to be the saviour. Um, they need to really work on their defence, tighten up in the middle. Um, Todd Payton's got a monumental effort in front of him to to turn this club around because I don't think he realised how how deep some of the problems were there. And, and and it's it comes back to work ethic and commitment. And and we've now seen two weeks in a row senior players come out and absolutely give it to their teammates, calling them soft, telling them that they've not been aiming up. Um, At some point, words need to be replaced by action. And hopefully with Tumalolo back as a captain, he will lead the way and show them how to get done. But, I mean, it's a tough ask going to to Leichhardt any time of year, let alone against the Tigers team, which has probably played some decent football lately.
0: Mm. Alicia, what's your read on the Tigers? They probably lost that game against the Eels twice and then got it back to a two-point ball game and then uh, two late tries at the end blew the, the score out but um, a few positives for them probably not just last week but but through the season so far.
1: Yeah I thought they were probably you know in, in most of that that game against the Eels the better team they just sort of blew a couple of um, opportunities especially early if they got off to a bit bit of a better start I think that they bombed that first try of a four pass, you know, could have turned things around for them, but um, they're showing positive signs. I think, you know, again, I think we mentioned it last week. They, they've played three tough teams to start the season and then obviously beat Newcastle up in Newcastle. So um, their draw is quite kind um, after next week, I think they play the Rabbitohs and then after that sort of, you know, they're playing teams below them on the ladder. So um. Yeah, I think that the signs are there and it was always going to take a bit of time for the Tigers to sort of gel, especially around that spine. Um, and and I thought they, you know, they were, went pretty close. So I think they scared the eels a little bit there. Um, getting a few players back, obviously Moses Zemba going into the centres um, on the left edge. I think that's a good move because he uh, he pushes Tommy Talau to out under the wing. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, I mean, you only have to look at sort of who's in the reserve grade, Russell Packer, um, Joey Lailua, and and Magic's making some changes sort of suits their new style of play. So, yeah, and I think they've won nine of the last ten against the Cowboys at Lockhart Oval. So, I mean, that's uh, they want to keep that record up on Sunday.
0: Tipping the Tigers?
1: Tigers for me, yep. Todd?
2: Yeah, I'll tip the Tigers. The one thing I do want to see this weekend, though, and I think every league fan would want to see this, Tabui Fido in open space with yep. James Roberts in a foot race. <laughs> I want to know who's the fastest man in rugby league. I reckon it's out of those two. So hopefully yep. we get to see it at some point like that. The two of them going head to head down the flank and mm. let's see who's the fastest man.
0: Well, one week after Funny. you saw Carl a foot race to uh, Xavier <laughs> Coates. Yeah. It'd be a good viewing. Um, three tips for the Tigers: the final game of the round Sunday evening, the Eels up against the Dragons. Um, we're just talking about Parramatta, Alicia, but um, you know Ryan Madison back in. They've uh, they're four and zero, probably not quite as convincing as what Penrith have been on their way to to four and zero, but getting the job done. And Dragons are a real surprise packet of the comp so
2: far, three from four.
1: Yeah, I had a chat to Regan Campbell-Gillard after last week's game, and and he actually said, you know, we we would have lost that twelve months ago, which I thought was a pretty big call because they all sort of started last year quite well. Um, but he he just said that there's just this faith that no matter how how things go, and with the Tigers coming back strong, they just sort of always knew if they could just fend them off for a bit, and then they'd score another point later down the track. So they're maturing as a footy team, and I think they realise that you know it's either this year or or, or not, nothing for them that. They know that um, they, they have to be better than what they've been, especially in big games. So the, the mission now for them is to obviously out, uh, back it up and um, they don't need to be playing their best footy. I think that's the message that Brad Arthur also sends out and it needs to be playing it at this time of the year. They need it at the back end of the year. So they just take the two points while they can and move on.
0: Odd the old Broncos connection at the Dragons. Griffin, obviously Ben Hunt out this week, but Norman and McCulloch all there, um, all, all doing good things so far this year.
2: Yeah, who would have thought that uh, Anthony Griffin could, you know, turn back the clock to 2015 when the Broncos were at their finest and, and bring some of these guys together. I mean, obviously, you know, Hunt, Norman, McCulloch, they work well together. They know each other well. They came through the 20s together. So clearly it's a recipe that can still work. Um, I, however, I'm still not sold on the Dragons. Um, you know, they've had, and outside of Cronulla, they've had a pretty easy run. They've beaten the yeah. Cowboys. They've beaten Hanley. They've beaten a the Newcastle team which was finishing on one leg. Um, this is their test, the Dragons. Um, Parramatta are a very good football team. Um, they even showed... They were, Parramatta were dreadful in round one against the Broncos and still won. So I think this is going to be the real test for the Dragons because if Parramatta click, they can score points pretty well. And the Dragons, as I said, have yet to be really tested, particularly over the last three weeks. So I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a close game, but I'm also expecting Parramatta to run away with
0: it. Yeah, Eels have got Isaiah Papali'i back to the bench, thanks to Madison returning. He's been an absolute uh, force of nature for the Eels. Bryce Cartwright makes his uh, club debut. Um, you know, it didn't go the way he wanted to go up at the, the Gold Coast, but uh, constant reports out of the Eels that he's been training the house down and leading the way in all the, the off-field stuff. He, he got the um, the cobwebs out um, in reserve grade last week a loss to the, the Magpies. Todd, are you expecting much from from Cardi in terms of minutes or or input in this one?
2: I think the main thing he needs to do is just worry about his defence. Some of the efforts he made for the Titans up here in his few seasons with the Gold Coast were were not a first-grade standard. Um, Clearly, you know, the the Eels coaching staff have seen something in him and we've all seen what he's capable of. He needs to do that for Parramatta because they're going well at the moment. As you said, Papa Lee has been an absolute phenomenal recruit for them, he's set the standard of what we expect now for for guys coming into this Parramatta team. So Bryce Cartwright, forget about the offloads, forget about trying to be fancy, go out there, do the hard runs and make your tackles. That's all you need to do this week.
0: Three tips for Parramatta?
1: Yep, Parramatta for me.
2: Yep, same.
0: Outstanding. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you everyone for listening to our round five preview on NRL.com. We'll be back to preview round six next week.